Well, New Birth, today uh, we're going to be sharing with you all a new sermon series entitled Kentui. And I want to encourage every single one of you to do all that you possibly can to obtain a copy of this book that God allowed me to write a few years ago. Um, and throughout the course of the series, you're going to hear the announcements and even on our website where you can uh, be able to obtain your copy. But I believe that for the next four weeks, God's going to speak to us from a restoration point of view and so today's assignment i'm going to talk about one of four areas that we're going to be sharing both on sundays and on wednesdays uh, today we're going to be focusing on one aspect of kintsugi which is breakdown and so i want to encourage you today to get your heart right i want to encourage you today to open your heart and allow god to speak to you and to speak in a way that brokenness may be restored, that shattered things in your life may be reconstructed so that God may be glorified in your life. Throughout the course of the series, I will be addressing four areas. Number one, I'm going to be addressing breakdown. Second, I'm going to be addressing breakthrough. Number three, I'm going to be addressing break up. And lastly, I'm going to be addressing breakout. And if we're honest with ourselves, we can all admit that brokenness is not a good thing to experience. I don't know about you, but I don't like experiencing brokenness. Now, here's the deal. We have sometimes no problem watching and seeing other people be broken. I know sometimes when uh, there are people that get a kick out of watching people fall and trip and slip and we laugh and we rejoice not rejoice and we laugh and we mock people when they go through situations like that but if we're honest to ourselves we don't like when people laugh at us when we fall and when we have those moments and I say that to say this that this is an inevitable reality that every single one of us will go through in life but sometimes we look at others being broken from afar and we watch them being broken but when it happens to us we go crazy we lose our minds we don't understand why this and why that now i'm saying all this to let you all know that my goal in this series is for you and i to try to understand where is god in the middle of brokenness I'm not here to give you the answers how to get out of brokenness. I'm not here to give you the three steps for deliverance. I'm here. My assignment today is and throughout the course of the series is to help you understand that God is with you in your process of brokenness. Brokenness does its best work in something complete or whole. To fulfill his assignment. Understand that the assignment of brokenness is to find something complete and shatter it. Brokenness does its best work when it finds something that is perfect. Something that is right. Something that is complete. Something that is holistic. And so brokenness does its best work when it finds someone or something like that. But let me tell you something about brokenness brokenness comes through many ways i don't know about you but i've experienced brokenness in my life i've been serving the lord for quite some time now 
and throughout my journey in Christ, I've experienced brokenness. Brokenness that have happened from the outside in, from a third party, from a second party. And brokenness can be introduced in our lives through deception. Have you ever been deceived? Have you ever been deceived by someone you love? Brokenness can be introduced through deception. When someone does you wrong and you tell them, man, you weren't truthful. When you find out that someone says something about you that sounds like the truth, but you and that person knows that they manipulated the version of the truth with deceit in a way that they would make you look negative and wrong. That produces brokenness. When someone you trust deceives you. Brokenness is also introduced through slander. Have, has anybody ever been slandered before? Can I get a good amen? Someone lied on your behalf to make you look bad. Someone started murmuring about you behind your back. Knowing that what they said of you wasn't true. Oh, I've been there. I've been there. I can tell you moments where, I've, where I know that people literally were slandering my name, my testimony, my integrity, trying to make me look bad so that I don't reach to certain things or to a certain position or to a certain platform or people were manipulating the process. I remember the process and I remember the feeling of being broken by someone I loved that slandered my name. Another way that, be, that brokenness takes its course in us is through betrayal. Have you ever been betrayed? When you tell someone, I trusted you and you took advantage of my vulnerability. I trusted you and you took advantage of my loyalty. I trusted you. I trusted every word that came out of your mouth. I trusted your promises. I trusted what you said you was going to do. I trusted you and you betrayed me. Oh my God, the brokenness that produces betrayal. Here's another element that produces brokenness in many of our lives, not just slander, betrayal. Here's another one, abandonment. Have you ever been left alone? Have you ever been isolated by people? People that left you for another person? People that left you when you needed them the most? I know what that is. I know what it is one day have hundreds of friends. I know what it is one day have everybody writing me messages and, and liking my posts and saying how much they love me. And overnight, because of a situation, nobody shows up. Everybody abandons. No one calls you. No one writes to you. And you're reaching out to people and they're just ignoring you. Abandonment. You left me for another person. You weren't there when I needed you the most. Oh my God, that produces brokenness. Here's another element that produces brokenness. Physical, emotional, and spiritual abuse. Have you ever been abused physically? Have you ever been abused emotionally? Have you ever been abused sexually? To the point that you say, I don't trust no one anymore. I don't know what it is to trust. And as a result, when physical, emotional, sexual abuse kicks in, here's what happened. It creates inferiority complexes. 
and create a sense of guilt. And now you're living life with low self-esteem. And here's the deal. Now this low self-esteem you're living literally has nothing to do with who you are, but the people that were in your circle that abused you. And this is what I call a Machiavellian spirit. What's Machiavellian? Machiavellian is another word for treacherous, to be cunning, to be devious, to be deceitful. And now this person comes in your life, the person who abuses you comes in your life to the point now, look, 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 look how powerful this is, to the point now that you're living life with low self-esteem, you're living life guilty over something that was done to you. I'm going to say that again. You live life now guilty. You live life now below your purpose, not because of what you did, but because of what was done to you. And you're living life as if something is wrong with you, but who did the wrong was not you, was the people around you. So you begin to doubt yourself because of their abuse. You begin to doubt God's calling over your life because you're saying everybody's against me. Surely there must be something wrong with me. You begin to doubt your calling because you begin to realize that everybody in your circle has abused, mistreated, slandered, talked about you, and all of this is happening. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. You become a victim for the rest of your life over something that was done to you that you had no control over it. That's why a few years ago, I wrote a book, four, five years ago, I wrote a book called Kintsugi. And, I, and here's what's crazy about this book, that I wrote this book not knowing God was going to use it to prepare me. I'm speaking to me today. He was going to use this book to prepare me for what was about to come. I want you to know, that one of my most difficult times in my 30 plus years serving God in ministry happened during the launch of this book. That one of the most difficult times in my 30 plus years in ministry happened when I started this church five years ago. The week the book was published, church, I literally began living every word, every paragraph, every page, every chapter of the book I wrote. And I wrote this book not knowing that God was going to use the content of the book to encourage me throughout the course of my journey in new birth. And I'm going to talk about my process a little later. People have a saying, Pastor, why don't you talk about your process? I wasn't ready to do that. I wasn't prepared to do that. The Lord hasn't given me green light. Today, I'm going to talk about the process that led me to experience brokenness in the ministry. That led me to experience brokenness in the middle of me serving the Lord. And I want to submit to you, church. I want to submit to you, campuses. I want to submit to you, friend, that just because you're serving God does not mean you will not go through moments of brokenness. And we must be careful not to interpret brokenness is the equivalent of absence of God. 
brokenness is not the equivalent of sin. Brokenness is not the equivalent of us living a life that dishonors God. Brokenness sometimes is the only means God uses to catapult us, to take us higher, to take us bigger, to move us forward. Let me ask you a question. Is there such a thing as experiencing breakdown as a child of God? Is there such a thing as experiencing brokenness as a child of God? Is there such a thing as experiencing breakdown as a child of God? So this book, Kintsugi, and this series, Kintsugi, helps us understand the concept. People have asked me, Pastor, what does Kintsugi mean? Let me give you the literal trans definition of what Kintsugi means. First of all, Kintsugi is a Japanese art of repairing broken pottery it's 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 an art it is it's 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 a gift that not everybody can do and this is when uh, a craftsman a craftsman sees a broken piece of pottery sees a broken piece of, of, of a vase that is broken that is shattered and he has the potential and the capacity to look at what is broken and shattered and still see potential in it, see the value in it, and take time to reconstruct it all over again so that it can fulfill its purpose at a greater value. But now here's what the craftsman of Kintsugi does. He takes the broken pieces as you see behind me. And those broken pieces, he glues them back together, not with Gorilla Glue. Not with regular glue. He glues it back together with melted gold. And you know what the melted gold now does to this broken vase and broken pottery? It gives it a higher value. Not because of the clay, not because of the pottery, but because of the com combination of the craftsman who saw potential and the gold that it's valuable. Let me submit to you. That this is a metaphor dealing in a constructive and a beautiful way with how God deals with the scars you and I go through in life. And how he takes all of those scars and he glues us back together. With what objective, pastor? Just like the craftsman repairs the brokenness in a way that makes the container even more beautiful and valuable than it is in that same way God does the same thing with us now the problem with brokenness you must be careful and I must be careful that we continue to live life with low self-esteem with, with inferiority complexes we must be careful that as that as God is rebuilding us together and putting us back together again that we allow God to change our perspective so I want to speak today to the church I want to tell you today that brokenness for many is not an attractive thing brokenness is not attractive let me tell you this and have learned this church people love being around you and I when we are in the pinnacle of success people love to surround themselves with you and to you and I when everything is going great when we're at the apex at the pinnacle of success but very little people stay with you and I in our moments of brokenness I could count 
I can't count how many people like to be with me when I'm up in the hills. I can't count how many people like to be with me when I'm up in the apex and the pinnacle, but I can definitely count with one hand the people that are always with me when I am at my worst moment of brokenness. And you know that sometimes we spend most of our lives trying to please the people that we can't even count, the people that always want to be with us in good times. I'm here to tell you, we need to shift our priorities. Listen to me, Peter in the Bible, James and John were with Jesus in the pinnacle of the mountain of the transfiguration to the point that when they go to the mountain of transfiguration, Peter tells Jesus, hey, why don't we pitch a tent here? Why don't we stay? There's so much glory and there's so much power and there's so much anointing. And Peter, James and John were with Jesus up here at the success rate of his life at the pinnacle of the mountain. But when Jesus had to go down to Calvary, two out of three didn't go with Jesus. Only John, the Bible says, stood with him. But when Jesus was doing great, everybody wanted to go up there. When Jesus was doing great, everybody wanted to be with Jesus. Let me submit to you that the true people God has surrounded around you are not the ones that are with you when everything is up and up and up and up. It is when you're going through your lowest and your valleys that you have to look around and say, who are the people God has positioned in my life? Because those are the people I want to be around with. Peter walked on water but didn't stay with Jesus. James, son of thunder, didn't stay with Jesus. Church, we need to learn to be grateful and give God thanks for all of the Johns that remain. You need to make an assessment of the people in your life and you need to give God thanks for the Johns that have not left in your life when you was at your highest and when you was at your lowest. Listen to me. Don't live your life trying to win the approvals of the Peters and of the James. No, 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 no. Who left you when you needed them the most. Devil is a liar. They will leave you. You know why? They will leave you because of fear. The Bible says that the disciples were afraid and they scattered. Peter left Jesus because of fear. They will also leave you because some of these people that are surrounded around you can't handle the pressure of brokenness. They leave because they're not equipped to handle the heat. So please, I want to submit to you, church, please stop pursuing Peter's and James. Because if they left once, they will leave you again. Peter and James has a lot to say when everything is well. Peter and James, they always have an opinion. Peter and James, they always want to take you out for dinner. Peter and James, when everything is well, they give the greatest suggestions. Which, by the way, these suggestions they give always benefit themselves. However, at the cross... They were nowhere to be found. They were nowhere to be found. And the Bible says that out of three that went to the mountain, two left and one stood behind. I want to speak to the one that stayed behind. I want to speak to the Johns that stay behind. What are the benefits of staying? John, the Bible says, stood with Jesus at the cross 
And you know what Jesus, you know what Jesus did? Because John went to the pin, listen, people like the pinnacle of success, but they don't like the pinnacle of brokenness. I don't know if you noticed, but just as much as people's success, everybody knows, people's brokenness is known to a point that everybody knows it as well. But people only like to be around other folk when they are at the pinnacle of success. Nobody wants to be with you at the pinnacle of your brokenness. But John said, I'm going to stick it. John said, I'm going to stay right here. John said, I, 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 if I was faithful to you in the big days, in the great days, I will be faithful to you when nobody is there. And when every disciple abandoned the Lord, Jesus was at the apex, at the pinnacle of Calvary with Jesus. You know what happens? When John stood with Jesus at the cross, Jesus then stays with John and takes him higher. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. Look what the Bible says. After this, I looked and therefore before me was a door standing up in heaven. This is the same John that stood with Jesus at the cross. And look what it says. And the voice I had heard first, I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, he said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. There is no coincidence that of all of the 12 disciples, the only one Jesus took up into the pinnacle of glory was the disciple who was with him in the pinnacle of his brokenness. There is no coincidence. Yeah, Peter spoke in tongues. Peter had his first sermon. Peter with his shadow healed the sick. But when it came to, who am I going to lift up? He thought of John. He gave the privilege of taking him up to the one who was faithful with him when everyone scattered. So what am I telling you, church? What am I telling you, friend? What am I telling you today? That brokenness sometimes is not attractive. And when you're going through your brokenness, you must make an assessment of those people who have been, who have been faithful and consistent with you throughout the process. That's why in my life, I thank God for the men and for the women that God used in my life to keep me together. In my moments of brokenness. I don't know. Can you thank God for the people that while you were in your moments of brokenness did not leave you, did not abandon you, didn't go astray. They were faithful. They were with you. They prayed you through. They encouraged you along the way. They gave you hope when you had no hope. You got to learn how to give God thanks for the Johns of life and not be focused on the Peters and the James who will leave you anyway. So why does God allow us to experience Kintsugi? Why does God allow us to experience this process? Let me just say this. My first point today is Kintsugi begins when breakdown happens. See, a Kintsugi craftsman cannot do his job if nothing is broken. A Kintsugi craftsman cannot exercise his gift unless something is shattered, something is broken. Because brokenness is the Kintsugi craftsman's workshop let me submit to you that God is the greatest Kintsugi craftsman in the world and brokenness is God's workshop to rebuild us and restore us Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says and the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the water 
What, 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 what does this verse tell me? This verse describes the literal condition of the world. The world, the Bible says it was broken. The Bible says it was formless. The Bible says it was empty. The Bible says it was inundated by darkness. Now here's the deal. We're not talking about any world. We're talking about a world created by a perfect God became imperfect. A world created by a holy God became unholy. It became contaminated by distortion and chaos. Understand this. Because the world was contaminated, because the world was distorted, does that mean that God was now going to throw that world away because it's useless, it has no purpose? Absolutely not. Listen, in the middle of your brokenness, in the middle of your hurt, in the middle of your pain, I want you to know that the God that you serve, he's not in the business of throwing away the broken pieces of life. He is looking at you through the eyes of faith. And he has the power to restore, to restitute, to restitute the broken pieces of life. And it's crazy. Here's what's crazy. When you understand, when did God create Adam and Eve? When did God create mankind? He did not create mankind before brokenness happened. He did not create mankind before the earth was in void. No, no. The Bible says that after the earth was void. This is chapter 1, verse 2. But God created man in Genesis chapter 126. He says, let us make man in our image and likeness. So God created man from a broken place. From this broken place called the world. Chaos, distortion. It is that God began to make the most valuable creation, which is mankind. So the question is, Pastor, can God be with me in brokenness? Look what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, second part. It says, we're talking about chaos, we're talking about brokenness, we're talking about distortion. It says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Listen to me. The Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters in the middle of chaos, in the middle of distortion, in the middle of brokenness, in the middle of disparity, in the middle of all this chaos. The Spirit of God didn't say, you get right first and then I show up. No. In the middle of the brokenness, the Spirit of God was there. I'm here to submit to you, church. It doesn't matter how hard life has been, what is breaking down in your life, if your marriage is at the point of breakdown, if your mind is at the point of breakdown if things around you is at the point of breakdown I'm here to remind you that the same way the spirit of God moved on top of a broken world he is looking at your circumstance and he is not intimidated by how broken you are he is seeing you through the eyes of a craftsman of Kintsugi that says you might be broken but when I get through with you I'm gonna make you better bigger and stronger God was present in the midst of a formless, dark, and empty world. Let me submit to you, church, that chaotic circumstances does not mean absence from God. Your sickness, your pain, your struggle, listen to me, those are, things are your breakdown. Those are your breakdown moment for what? For God to work his best work in your life. My second point is that the breakdowns of life will always benefit others. The breakdowns of life benefit others. 
I remember my first car. I got my first car right after I met my wife. We was tired of riding trains and we decided to buy a car. So I go, my father, my father knew a mechanic in the Bronx and he said, pass, uh, Gabby, Gabby, there's a mechanic uh, that, that he's selling a car for $500. I said, wow, $500. Now understand, I, I'm buying this car over 30, over 27, 28 years ago. So $500 for a 19 year old was a lot of money back then. And I remember I went to this mechanic and I went to buy my car and I go to his shop. I should have known at the moment that that car had a lot of problems because typically when you buy cars, you buy them at a dealer. You buy them at an auction. I was buying a car at a mechanic shop. And so I go there and I find, I get my new car, my, my new car, quote unquote new car. It was a Nissan Stanza. They don't even make those cars anymore. It was a Nissan Stanza. And I remember... And I looked at the car. It was so nice, light blue. It was, it was hatchback. It was beautiful. I loved it. And I paid the guy the $500. But I realized that he never gave me a key to the car. Because this car wouldn't turn on with a key. This car would turn on with a button. I literally have to press the button. Now understand, 27, 28 years ago, this features that we have now with startup car buttons that that didn't exist so he literally made a bypass it was a big brown button right next to the steering wheel and they have cables connected to the inside of the of, of of the dashboard and and it was through that button that i would literally turn on my car my car would turn on through a bypass process and my car was broken the, the, i couldn't put the key in the ignition because the ignition key the the ignition insert was broken it was broken and so I literally had to press a button and turn on my car. And here's, here's the crazy thing about that, and I wrote in my book. The crazy thing about this is that one time, I guess people in my neighborhood started realizing that my, my car could turn on with a button. And one day I wake up in the morning to go get my car, and I realized that my car wasn't parked where I parked it. And I'm over here going crazy looking for my car. Where's my car? Where's my car? And I found my car two blocks away from my house. Because apparently somebody realized that they could turn on my car by simply pressing the button. And let me tell you, for several weeks, several times, it happened. Four or five times it happened. And I began doubting myself. Wait a minute, am I, am I losing my sense of memory? I parked it here yesterday. Why isn't it here? And I would realize that, that I literally had to wake up 20 minutes earlier to look for my car because I couldn't find my car. When I realized, here's when I realized that somebody was driving my car because one day, I guess that, that, that night after the person drove wherever they went, they couldn't find a parking spot. All the parking spots were taken. And this person literally left my car in the middle of the street. And when I wake up in the morning, I see my car in the middle of the street. And that's when I realized, wait a minute, somebody has been driving my car. Now, why do I say that? Somebody was benefiting. Somebody was enjoying the luxury of being transported in my vehicle someone was benefiting from my car now had my car not been broken had my ignition not been broken that person would have never benefited from my car 
And it sounds weird and the analogy don't make sense. But let me encourage you. Sometimes through your brokenness, your brokenness will be a beneficial a reality for other people. There are some things that God allows us to be going through in life. And brokenness happens in our lives. And we might not understand why is God allowing this. But let me submit to you. There is someone waiting to see you go through your brokenness. There is someone waiting for you to go through your situation. Because through your brokenness, someone will be benefited by it. Through Jesus' brokenness on the cross, we all benefit because of Jesus' brokenness on the cross. We all have benefit of salvation because of Jesus' brokenness. You and I were saved because of Jesus' brokenness. You and I were forgiven because of Jesus' brokenness. You and I were redeemed because of Jesus' brokenness. You and I were adopted because of Jesus' brokenness. We were adopted and now we're sons and daughters of God. So what am I telling you today, church? I'm telling you that the same God who created the world perfect is the same God that is with you in your chaos and in your brokenness. He is right there. It's interesting when you read verse 1 of Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. And then it says, and the earth was messed up. And darkness filled the earth. It was chaos, distortion, chaos. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. From verse 2, it took God longer to restore the world back. It took him seven days. Well, seven, yeah, seven days to bring everything back to order. Where in verse 1, in the beginning, God made everything perfect. Let me tell you that being restored, the process of reconstruction, the process of restoration, the Kintsugi process takes more time. That's my next point. Kintsugi requires time. Have you ever wondered why it took God six days to complete the miracle of creation? God who is able to perform a miracle instantaneously took him six days to complete creation. The truth about us is this. When it comes to God, we see him only as a God who does miracles overnight. Supernaturally. When it comes to God, our perspective of Jesus, our perspective of God is God has to do it right now. I don't want to be broken. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to be betrayed. I don't want to be slandered. I don't want to be talked about. I don't want to be backstabbed. I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to be violated. So God make a way. But sometimes God requires those you, those moments in life to make us stronger. The challenge for many of us is that we think we could fix all of life's problems by ourselves only to realize that we cannot fix our problems by ourselves. So the initial state for experiencing a miracle, church, is acknowledging that there is a problem that you cannot fix. It's acknowledging I need help from someone. I need a Kintsugi craftsman. I'm broken. I'm hurting. I've fallen and I can't get up. And I need to put my life in the hands of someone else. 
in order to restore a broken vase. The Kintsugi craftsman needs two things. He needs time and patience. Time and patience. It's crazy how one perpetrator can do an act of abuse in 20 seconds, 30 seconds, two minutes. And that two-minute experience can traumatize a person for the next 20 years. It's interesting how someone you love can betray you. And one act of betrayal in a 30-second conversation can affect your life the next 30 years of your life. It's, it's interesting how someone who slanders your name, knowing that they're doing it evil, and that slander takes about 15 seconds can affect you and I 15 years. That's why the Kintsugi craftsman needs time and patience. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about when something breaks. And I'll wrap it up with this. The Kintsugi craftsman, look what he does. When a pottery breaks, when a pottery is shattered, you know what he does? He picks up the broken pieces. The major broken pieces. But unfortunately, some of the little minuscule pieces he will no longer use again. Some of the little pieces that were shattered will not fit the Kintsugi process because now that little space, the little pieces, he's going to replenish it with that little gold strip. Listen to what I'm telling you. So the Kintsugi craftsman now will determine which broken pieces he will replace with melted gold. And so today in your brokenness, in your brokenness, let me submit to you that God is making an assessment. That's why he needs time and he needs patience. And that's why you need patience and you need time and let God work in you. The Kintsugi craftsman is in the business of restorating, rest restoring, and producing a restoration process in your life to make you better. But Pastor, I don't want to be broken. Pastor, I don't want people to see my scars. Pastor, I don't want nobody to see my hurt, my pain, my scars. You know that the first thing Jesus did when he rose from the dead, he showed his scars to Thomas. See, church has taught us that if you're really, really a great Christian, you have no scars. But God teaches us that he is the master in restoring broken people and broken situations. God is the master Kintsugi craftsman. And you and I, we are the broken pieces. Now, it would be ironic for a broken piece to tell the master what to do with it. How to fix it. The piece that is broken simply needs to place its trust in the master. So if you want to become this masterpiece, 
understand you are the peace he is the master you're not the master and he's not the peace if you want to be a masterpiece you have to understand he is the master and i am the peace so that what so that now i can become this great masterpiece but this great masterpiece requires me you and i to trust the lord to become a masterpiece you must place all of your broken pieces that life has brought to you in the hands of the great master so what are you been dealing with what's your brokenness what has shattered in your life who hurt you broke you in your walk to the point that now you trust no one listen to me we need to make an assessment not of the peters of life the james of life those people come and go we need to think thank god and make an assessment for the johns of life and honor god for those people who god will use to help you become the person god has called you to become next sunday today we talked about breakdown next sunday we're going to talk about breaking through and we're going to explain and try to explain the difference between a supernatural miracle and a providential miracle. And then we're going to go to Philippians 4.13 where Paul says, All things work together for the good of them that loved the Lord. And why is this important? Because knowing this, it will cause you to have joy even in the midst of your brokenness. So I want to pray today for those of you here today that have been broken, that are going through brokenness right now. And perhaps you identify with one of the symptoms of brokenness, how brokenness comes into our lives. Rather, betrayal, who betrayed you? Who slandered you? Who talked about you? Who abused you? Who left you for dead? Who was with you in your apex and left you in your valley? And those things begin to work in you to the point that you start saying, I must not be valuable. I must not be worthwhile. I must be a mess. I must be a wretched. Maybe this is not God's will for me. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe I am, I am at fault. I'm going to tell you the devil is a liar. You got to go now to your Kintsugi craftsman. You got to go to your Savior and bring them all of your broken pieces. And say, Lord, this is what they did, what they did, what they did, what they did. I wish I could fix myself, but I can. But would you take these shattered pieces? And with patience and time, Lord, I submit to you so that you can work all things together for the good of them that love the Lord. So if you're here, friend, and you're broken listen money can't fix your brokenness parties can't fix your brokenness things can fix your brokenness Jesus is the only Kintsugi craftsman that can fix the problem of mankind so if you want to be fixed if you want him to fix you here's what you need to do you need to trust and submit and place your life in the hands of God